My guest today is Joshua Hodge. Josh is director at The Audio Programmer, a community and YouTube channel for audio developers that has over 20,000 subscribers. With Josh, we talked about building an organic audience on YouTube and how to build a community around that. We've had an amazing chat on content and audio content and audio experiences. So yeah, I hope you'll enjoy it as well. His name is Josh Hodge. Joshua, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for this new episode of the Implement podcast. Uh, so guys, today I'm with Joshua Hodge, who is the director at the Audio Programmer. Uh, Joshua, it's uh, really a pleasure to have you today. And uh, yeah, why don't, why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself before we start? Yeah, thank you very much, Benis, uh, and it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm the director of a company called The Audio Programmer. We are a audio programming community recruitment service and development agency. So we stay very busy. Uh, we are involved in this space that's a very niche space. It's uh, where we create audio apps and uh, audio plugins for for clients and we teach people how to do it as well. So uh, we're very focused on education and community and helping to get more people into uh, this very niche side of audio development. Yeah, it's, it's really great what you built. I mean, I, I've checked your content and uh, uh, I've seen some of your YouTube videos where people are literally saying like, you're a lifesaver, like I love what you're doing. Uh, it's amazing to see so so much like uh, you know positive re reaction to to content uh, on YouTube and uh, and so you're doing a lot of tutorials from what I've seen, right? Yeah, that's right. So that's really where that's really where things started. Uh, funny enough, I've only been in this industry for a little bit over two years. I actually went to university in 2015 to learn how to write uh, write uh, code. And I'd never written a line of code before 2015. And so I'm very new to this industry. And uh, yeah, it all started with the fact that there weren't really a whole lot of resources for this particular type of software development. And so I actually did it for myself initially as a way of teaching myself and disciplining myself to actually learn how to do this. And I thought if I commit myself to doing a video a week on YouTube, that I would have to come back every week and be able to teach another thing. That's a, that's a great story. It's, it's usually how, how great things happen, right? You, you start by seeing a need somewhere and some, something missing and you build it for yourself and, uh, and other people can, uh, can, you know, kind of stumble on it and say like hey i, I love this and uh, so i uh, i love the story and uh, now you have uh, about 80 18k subscribers on your youtube channel is that the main uh, kind of content production you have uh, is it where you spend most of your time yeah i would say that everything kind of stems from youtube and from the content that we do there uh, we also are active through facebook and twitter and we have a very sizable community on Discord as well, where developers uh, actively communicate almost 24 hours a day, seven days a week on uh, asking each other questions, technical questions about this type of software development and uh, helping each other out, finding out more about each other, sharing their creations. But really it all stems, I think, centrally from YouTube. 
yeah it's um uh, i love how you have this uh, this kind of uh, youtube channel but also added a discord uh, to kind of get the the community feeling and uh, getting people actually interacting with the uh, you know between each other and uh, that's a, that's a great approach to it and we so we are actually starting to uh, try and build a community on our side at implement so we we have uh, marketers like you know getting interest in, in our content and coming to us and we have this this network but right now we don't have anywhere uh, where we can bring them together so they can interact you know between each other and and so we thought about uh, doing a, sort of a slack or a Facebook group but it's so like um, so I don't know uh, it, it's not the right fit for us like slack is a is a bit isolated people don't go there so much Facebook is like there's so many Facebook groups and you're so dependent on Facebook and I personally don't trust that, that company at all. Um, so yeah, it's uh, how, how did you think about Discord and how did you start the sort of transferring that uh, that community to Discord? It actually started it 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 actually first started on um, Telegram. If you know about Telegram, the messaging app is sort of like WhatsApp. And uh, what happened was that it just uh, it initially started with when I was doing the tutorials, people would start asking me technical questions and making suggestions. And it, this group or this idea for a group just organically kind of grew from that where we thought, well, maybe it'd be cool to have a place where people could ask each other and help answer these questions for each other as well. And so we started on Telegram, but what we were finding was that a lot of people were having trouble onboarding onto Telegram, they were, for one reason, logins got missed or they couldn't, they couldn't get on for one reason or another. And the, of course, the conversations were just linear. It's just one group, one chat, and that's it. And uh, I think somebody else in the group had suggested Slack and Discord, and it was between those two. And I can't remember exactly the catalyst for why we chose Discord over Slack. Uh, sometimes I've felt like maybe Slack would have been the answer because uh, because so many tech companies use it and a lot of people would have already been on Slack. But it seems that Discord that we caught Discord at the right time because at the time I don't know that that many people knew about it and we got in there early and now it seems that everybody has a Discord group. Yeah, it's uh, no. I think it's a it's a great way to to approach this, and uh, the way you kept it organic and uh, kind of uh, followed the you know the flow of the of the network of the community and uh, and you know yeah, I, th I think it's a it's a great way to approach this. And uh, I want to ask you a little bit more about how you started this uh, this YouTube channel because you said I want to build uh, I want to like build my skills in this area. Yeah. Uh, I want to publish one video a week. Um, how did those first few weeks, like the, those first few months go? And uh, when did you start seeing results, both like uh, regarding the audience and regarding yourself as a, as a developer and like learning things and uh, you felt like you, you started getting somewhere? Well, to, to be honest, for, for me, from the very beginning, it was quite exciting because there was this idea of creating something using this new technology that uh, there weren't many resources for. And for me, just as a software developer or aspiring software developer, learning this myself, I felt very excited because it was a big journey into the unknown. 
and through and through time uh i i remember just getting 50 subscribers and feeling like wow there are 50 people who are really interested in what uh i have to say about this very niche side of software development and uh it grew and it grew and a lot of the a lot of the tutorials were around one particular piece of technology or one particular tool called uh, Juice uh, that you use to build these these audio apps and plugins. And uh, it was about five or six months into this journey when uh, somebody who worked for the Juice team at the time, Rachel, had actually reached out to me and said, hey, uh, uh, we... Uh, your your name came up and you were the subject of a conversation with with the juice team and we were talking about you and i thought wow i just hope that they don't hate my code <laughs> too much and that they aren't too critical of my code because i'm coming at this from from the beginners from a beginner standpoint you know a lot of these tutorials they were coming from an expert perspective you know they've been doing this for 10 15 20 years uh, here, I was coming from the opposite side. I'm a person that's brand new at this, and I'm just telling, trying to explain my experience and trying to explain these things in as plain uh, English as I as I can. You know, not from a not from a really technical perspective. And I found that that perspective just really resonated with people, and uh, and and that over time it just started growing and snowballing into this thing. Uh, so I would say probably four to six months, four to six months of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty fast. That's, uh, that's great. I mean, uh, you really got this, uh, um, yeah, at the intersection of being very niche, but like, uh, uh, not so niche that actually it's a topic that people were looking for. And you, you kind of find that, uh, that, that blind spot that, uh, that I think is, uh, is a great way to, you know, to build a community fast and, and, and get people to, to watch your content. So, uh, so congrats, it's uh, it's great. Um, so you know, do you have any recommendations on uh, how to approach YouTube? Because it's a topic that a lot of marketers think about, and uh, it's a bit scary because it's heavy. Like it's not like blogging, or you can get an article in like two hours and it's done. You need like when whenever you're dealing with video in general, it's 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 super heavy. And so you know, what are the kind of the things that you learned along the way that you could share with us and uh, for people, for marketers out there that are thinking about doing YouTube, but maybe they are uh, a bit afraid or they don't really know how to approach this, what would you, would you recommend them? Well, one thing that I see from a lot of people is that they really approach it from a clinical standpoint and they find a lot of reasons not to start or they, are, or they get caught up, caught up at the first hurdle. And there are a lot of things that I think people think about when it comes to creating content that don't really matter to the person that is watching or listening. For example, uh, they cut out a lot of people spend loads of time cutting out the ums and ahs and the pauses. But if your content is valuable, people will sit and they will they will watch through it if you have something valuable that they want to know about. So what you find, especially in my early tutorials was that I didn't even have my own microphone. It was just, I think I was speaking just into the laptop mic uh, and the volume was low and some people groaned about it, but uh, 
other people thought that it was really valuable. And so I think people really spend a lot of time on thinking about the icing on the cake and they don't really spend enough time thinking about the cake itself, uh, which is that you just really need to start, you know, that's, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, and that once you start, you can course correct and you can adjust your content and, and, you, you find out the things quickly that work and, the, and you find out things that, that don't work. And, uh, you know, but I think that so many people, they want to perfect the idea before they actually get to starting the thing. Uh, and whereas I'm a big believer that it's really the journey that's where the magic happens. You know, it's the fact, and, and you don't, it was the fact that I was inexperienced and the fact that I had something that wasn't polished, that was what re people resonated with. You know, not the fact that, not that I was uh, a seasoned developer who had been doing this for years. So you don't, I, I think people think a lot about what, uh, what it is that's going to catch, that's, that's going to catch the ear and catch the eyes of people. But what, people miss out on is that you don't know what people are going to, what people are going to resonate with. You really just have to get out there and you really have to just do it and trust the process uh, rather than trying to calculate it. You just have to start. Yeah. And, and the more time you spend tweaking and, you know, trying to correct, trying to DS your voice and make it, yeah, and trying to do all of these things. All of these things are very nice, but it's really, you're missing out on the, the main thing, which is that the value, the thing that you're saying, if you, if you get, if you get that right, people will, people will roll with you while you're, you know, getting the, getting the icing correct. Yeah. It's uh, I love this. I love this, uh, this advice you're giving because uh, it's such an easy way to get stuck in this. Uh, it's so easy to get stuck in this uh, when you're producing content. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just love your, your, your advice. And uh, uh, I think it applies to a lot of different content formats. So not just video. Um, I've seen so many, and especially myself, I've, I've produced a lot of blog posts that honestly could just be a spreadsheet. Like I could just have put a spreadsheet, just drop it there. It would have taken me like three times uh, you know, three times less less time and, and work, uh, and uh, it would have been good, and people would have said, "Hey, I, I get the point, and I, I got it right." So I, yeah, I just love this um, this insight because it's uh, it's very easy to get caught caught up in it, and you, you feel like uh, it's gonna matter. But in the at the end of the day, as you said, it's it's more about the the production, the practice, and uh, uh, so yeah, uh, I think the actually the last. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, you follow what he does, but the last book of uh, uh, Seth Godin is about the, the, it's called the practice, and he talks about you know basically shipping shipping stuff, and he he's been doing that for years now. He's been shipping blog posts every day, thousands of blog posts, and you know, and it, when you look at the blog post in itself, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's there's nothing. It's it's like four or five sentences sometimes. Uh, but you get the point. You you feel like they he put uh, a bit of himself in every post, and so he tried to convey a message that is deep, that resonates with himself himself first, and and he he saw you know value in it, so he he put the value there, and that's what that that's what counts in the end, I think. So 
just like yeah. yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I've read that. I've read that book. Very good book. Uh, and the thing is, is that I think a lot of people really think about initial impact when it comes to making a post or making a piece of content. And they really think about how well is that one post going to resonate with the with the person who's viewing or who's engaging with the content. But what I think a lot of people will forget about is that you have a residual effect that happens over a course of time. So it's not really about one post. It's really about consistency over time and about you giving you being able to give people a piece of yourself or a piece of the company vision over the course of time because that's really what's going to give people the impression of who you are and what you're about. So when I have I have pieces of content that I put out that uh, that sometimes don't resonate well. They don't they don't get a, a lot of likes. They don't get a lot of engagement. But I really believe in my content, and I really think, yeah, you know, I don't really care. I don't. I, I I think it's I think it's funny, but I don't really. I, I really feel like this is what we are. This is what we're about, and there and 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 I'm and I'm almost sometimes I feel like I want to be like I enjoy being niche you know I enjoy being about if you really want to know about this very specific thing then this is where you're going to go to know about this thing and that this is not meant for the masses this is not meant for uh loads of people that it's not meant to go really viral is meant for certain people want to, who want to know about this very specific thing. And uh, people just concentrate so much on the numbers, you know, on trying to get a lot, uh, a lot of my videos, they only get a couple hundred views, but they're very passionate people who watch them. You know, they're very, you know, they're, they're very, uh, the, the, the people who do watch them, we hit the bullseye and, they come back to us and they, and we influence lives, even though we don't have videos that uh, do loads of views. Some of them, some of them have loads of views, but a lot of them are very niche. Yeah. It's uh yeah, as I told you, like I, I, I love the comments on your, on your channel and uh, it's always uh, I think a great sign when you see even a video with a, with just a few hundred views, but still people commenting and, and finding value. Um, I want to talk a little bit about audio programming because uh, I think maybe for the audience it's uh, uh, it's not super clear what it is and like uh, what you know what are the applications. Um, could you maybe try to explain it to someone who who's never heard of it before? Sure. Yeah. So I would say that audio programming is a broad uh, a broad category and that we're actually a sub uh, we're a subsidiary of uh, of even audio programming. So when, when we say audio programming, that can refer to quite a few things. So like us talking through zoom right now, the way that that happens is through audio programming, right? Uh, there's infer our voices are turned into, we speak into the microphone and then that, that, um, that voice is turned into data and the data gets sent across the interwebs over to you, to your headphones and to your sound card. Uh, so that is audio programming. Also just talking on the phone, that's also audio programming. So all of these things are audio programming. And then you take 
this and you divide it into another subset, which is what's called real-time audio programming. Real-time audio programming, this is real-time audio programming. So I'm speaking to you and you're receiving, you're receiving this information as if we're talking in real time. Uh, there are other applications that don't need to be uh, what we would call hard, hard real-time, uh, such as Spotify. You know, if you hit the play button on on Spotify and it takes a couple milliseconds for it to respond and to play the song, you aren't really going to notice. But I would say that our what what we do in terms of audio is more like what you would think of in a video game when you know you hit a button on a controller and you want your character to respond as if instantaneously right so there are people who play these instruments in uh, software or in or hardware instruments as well that they're playing a virtual piano so it's not a real it's not a real piano it's a piano that's a virtual instrument in software but when the user is playing the piano they want it to feel like it's a real piano uh, and that is the type of audio programming that we're talking about we're talking about uh virtual instruments or music producers who are building tools for, uh, for, uh, you know, for the, for things that, for music that you're, that you're listening to every day, like the tools that music producers use to, uh, to create those, the, the tracks you listen to every day are the types of things that we build. I see. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you're kind of the guys behind the scenes and who make everything possible in terms of, what's happening with you know our technology right now and i feel like people are uh, consuming so much more audio content i mean um, obviously i'm talking about podcasts and i'm talking about live conferencing and stuff like that and you are the guys that make it happen on the behind the <laughs> behind the scenes so it's it's pretty impressive yeah and that's that's something that really impacted me when i first got into this field in 2015 2016 was seeing all of these amazing ways that people were using audio to interact with the world. And I thought, this is amazing. And why are these people not household names? Why is it that, that, uh, that more people don't know about these amazing things that these people are doing? Uh, apps that people are creating that are redefining how we, how we experience audio. And uh, I just thought, this is just a uh, an injustice that, <laughs> that more people don't know about that more people don't know about the research the, the awesome research and the awesome work that these people do it's an injustice that you're trying to to fix and and to make right <laughs> yeah day at a time <laughs> uh yeah I mean, you're doing a great job at it so congrats um so you know it's uh i'm, I'm always interested when we because our audience is, is mainly like marketers and uh um, we we have this kind of um, interest in in development and software development and using software, using this, building digital products because it's really part of our job and it's becoming more and more part of our job. Uh, but when you talk about uh, programming, obviously you need the skills. You need to know how to uh, you know uh, do it, and it's uh, it's not easy. And so you have this whole lane of no code tools that are you know building and that are. Uh, making it easier for marketers to, you know, to, to do all this. So 
Uh, actually, I'm, uh, I'm just announcing that we have published an ebook on no-code tools. So for people listening, you should go check it out on our website. Uh, but yeah, it's um, so how, how would you, you know, how would a marketer uh, leverage um, audio and or audio programming in a way that maybe he can like he or she can create something for uh, for the customer or something that uh, you know is it something accessible for them is it something that uh, I'm, I'm for example um, let's take voice apps uh, on like Siri or Alexa or things like that. Um, how would a, you know, a marketer approach this uh, to create experiences for, for their audience, for the audience, for, um, is it accessible? Is it something that you could learn as a marketer and kind of get a product out there that is, uh, that is usable? Uh, are, they, are there no-code tools that they could use? You see what I mean? Like, is this something approachable by, by a typical marketer that is kind of good with the tech and kind of, you know, wants to, to get in this field? At the moment, uh, I don't think so. I think that there are some things that would get close. I think uh, developing Alexa skills, I think would probably be something that could maybe be close to that. I'm not really sure, but in terms of uh, what's out there, I don't think that there's anything that is a no code tool that you'd be able to build an audio experience yet. I think people are working on it though. Uh, in the video game world, you have tools like unity, unity engine, unreal engine that allow users to create uh, video games without having to have much coding knowledge. And the reason is because when you think about, playing a video game or creating a video game, a lot of them are going to be similar in terms of their needs. You're going to have either a 2D scene or you're going to have a 3D scene. Uh, it's going to be first person or it's going to be third person. So if you can take some of those common uh, wants or those common needs and you can abstract them out a little bit and say, okay, we're going to create an audio experience where, uh, you know, with audio experience, a lot of times you're gonna have somebody that you're gonna have to have some sort of audio input, right? Where you're gonna have to have some sort of audio output uh, where, and there's gonna be need, there's gonna need to be something that happens in between. Um, I think uh, one thing that is good for audio experiences, there's this new thing called uh, Descript. So DE script, that is uh, really interesting. And what that does is, that allows you to uh, do quick editing and uh, also uh, automatic or nearly automatic transcribing. Uh, so that I think is a great tool for these sort of things. But uh, in terms of being able to build and package an app without doing code, I don't think that we're there, there yet. I don't know that we're very far off though. I think, I think people are working on some pretty exciting things that, that are in the pipeline. Yeah, I I I, ch I checked like there's there's um, I think there's a tool called uh, VoiceFlow that basically uh, helps you build Alexa and Siri apps like very fast, but I haven't tested it yet, so I'm not like recommending it or anything. Uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's still it's still something new. Uh, but audio is uh, a very big topic for marketers. Like uh, it's a uh, it's a very big topic because. Uh, honestly, it's so much easier to build pillar content with audio. Now, the way I'm actually building content for Implement right now is that I'm leveraging the podcast so much. Like I have uh, people come in, they have an expertise, 
which I, I don't have. And I tried to build an interview out of it. And, I, and that interview is going to help me uh, build uh, articles, eBooks, uh, webinars. Like it's, a, it's such a, a faster uh, way to produce content uh, because you get that live interaction, you get uh, uh, people sharing, you know, much, much more easier than, uh, than, than just having them write something for you, which would take so much time. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a very big topic audio and, uh, but there's still a lot of love to do in terms of audio marketing tools. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, I think, I think you touch on a great, I think you touch on a great thing, which is that you can repurpose, you can repurpose these interviews and you can repurpose these things in different ways because different platforms need to take, or they, they lend them sort they lend themselves towards certain types of content, right? So sometimes with YouTube, it might be longer content or with Spotify with a, with the audio podcast, but then you may find that with Facebook, maybe there's a shorter, a shorter attention span and that you want to make the content shorter. And I think that's really what it's about. Maybe that's, maybe that would be a great tool, something that would take handy, uh, take long form interviews and, and long form content and be able to easily break it out into stuff that's digestible and like make the thumbnail also make the thumbnails the different sizes that are appropriate for each platform and things like that i mean i would certainly use a tool like that <laughs> yeah that would be amazing you know what i would really pay for is a tool that just uh takes out all the connectivity issues from an interview like recorded on zoom or anything that's like mm -hmm. that takes uh that takes a bit of time every time I, i'm publishing a podcast and so uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much to do right now in this area of like audio tech and, uh, specifically for, for marketers. Um, so yeah, um, we're almost uh, done with the interview and the, and the time. So maybe to, to wrap this up, like what's, uh, what's next for you and for uh, the audio programmer? What, what have you planned for uh, 2021? Well, the big thing now is that a lot of this is a lot of the experience that we've had so far and a lot of the engagement we've had has been very organic and it's put us into uh, businesses and into avenues that we didn't initially expect or anticipate. So we do recruitment. So we help uh, companies find audio developers uh, when they're searching for them. We also do in-house development. And I think that one of the big things that we're doing at the moment is that we're just really trying to refine that pipeline and really trying to develop the customer experience for that uh, where, when uh, initially what happens is that when you get these when you get these queries they're all custom they're all bespoke solutions aren't they and then there comes a point where you reach uh, where you reach a certain point of growth where you say okay this either needs to go into line a or line b or line c and uh and that's really what we're doing right now is we're refining that pipeline and making sure that when a Every time that a client comes to us with a query, they get the same, you know, they get the same sort of treatment. You know, our services are there. We let them know what we do. We let them know what we don't do. And really just making that uh, a great customer experience for, for people who are trying to engage with us. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's always difficult when you have uh, this kind of bootstrap business which has a lot of uh, entry points and a lot of kind of assets 
to to make something a bit uh, a bit unified and uh, yeah i think uh, but i think it's a good problem to have because it means that it's growing and <laughs> you know uh, uh it's it, there, are, there are very good problems to to have and um yeah so thanks yeah. for 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 sharing uh, all this and uh uh, could you tell us maybe where we can connect with you online if people listening want to ask you questions or, uh, you know, uh, check out your content? Yeah, you can, uh, you can find our website on the audioprogrammer.com. We also have our YouTube page, which is uh, youtube.com uh, forward slash the audio programmer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash audio programmer. They wouldn't allow the, the, because it, uh, it was too many characters. And, uh, and also on Instagram at theaudioprogrammer.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joshua. Thanks for uh, coming. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.